it's another Sunday evening here as we have entered fall, I guess, as the Americans call it. Autumn to the rest of us. Uh, the Chair Shop Podcast coming to you here on September the 3rd, uh, 2017. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, joined as always by my ever dependable co host and producer, Mr. Paul Griffin. It's my birthday week. Oh, it's your birthday week. Well, that should keep you in high spirits, which is good, because you'll need that pick-me-up, as we are without this week our not-very-dependable, evidently, because he died, Joe Towner. Uh, He's not with us. Um, And, of course, when someone falls behind on this show, they are immediately forgotten, and we move on without them. So, so he can think on that the next time he plans a quote-unquote holiday, right? So... I think, he, I think he said he's at his boss's wedding or something. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, he did say that. Which I, which I remember, which I remember at the time thinking was a slightly odd thing because it's like he, because like, it, I don't know. I don't know if he's if he's like happy he's going to this or he feels obligated to go. I don't know if I would go to my boss's wedding. I was th- also, if it was if it was his friend who is his boss, he would have just said a oh, wedding. But the fact that he specified his boss's wedding, I was like, that's weird. It might be some kind of Cockney rhyming slang, though. That is true. I mean, Joe is a legendary Cockney. He's a, he's a cheeky chappy. Shah Samuels bases his gimmick on Joe Towner. Because um, Joe is from East London, more or less, right? Southeast. East, East, yeah. So, East Ender, isn't that? Dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. Oh, going to the yeah. old boss's wedding. Yeah, the, the character of Phil Mitchell is based on him as well. So, um, um,. So, uh, so, so anyway, so Joe, Joe's not with us. He's gallivanting around. I was just, it was just like, I don't know. I think if like my boss in the sense of the person immediately above me, the person I report, report to day to day, I think if she got married, I'd probably go. Cause like, she's like a friend of mine. Right. Um, but other than that, I mean, any higher than that, I don't know that I would go. But again, I don't really know much about Joe's job, so I don't know what kind of environment it is. I, I just uh, looked up, by the way, for my own interest, words that rhyme with boss's wedding to see like where where could Joe possibly be going if it turned out that it was Cockney rhyming slang. Uh, Reading, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, up to uh, see Ricky Gervais. Uh, he's, he, he, he could be shedding. He might be all his skin's coming off. Okay. Or, and it might be a little too early in the year for this, he might be gone sledding. If you are a Cockney, email in, let us know what what does that mean? Going to a boss's I wedding. Don't, I don't know that we have too many English listeners, do we? Mm. A lot of interaction with the American folks, but... Uh, American, Australian. American, Australian. A bit, a bit of Irish. English here and there. A few, few Irish. A few Irish, but not a lot of English lately. But, um, but anyway... Good. In Joe's absence, in Joe's absence, we have a, a hell of a show lined up. We're going to talk about some wrestling news. We have got some game guff. We've got uh, OTT yeah, reviews. We've been OTT. to wrestling. We've been to wrestling live in front of our faces. Um, just last night, me and Paul went to OTT Wrestle Pops, featuring the return of Will Ospreay. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, um, and all the usual fun and games as well. Uh, so, Paul. Mm. Kick things off with a bit of life golf. What's been going on in your world? Uh, one big thing that's happened around here is that one of Natty's rats, uh, Stitch, which is the original rat that we got, um, 
seems to be on his last legs. He's uh, oh, he's not able to walk properly anymore. His, his back legs are gone, and he just kind of lies around a lot now. So we're thinking he's probably not long for the world, um, which he's very upset about, obviously. But we got him when we when we got him. He was adopted from another family, so he was already about god two years old something like that so the equivalent of uh adopting a a, a very old very small rescue dog <laughs> um as the old expression goes oh well you know that's in rat years <laughs> i don't know how how old does a rat normally live let me look this up. i i couldn't even guess i i would have assumed um I would have assumed they have quite long lives just because people yeah. kind of associate rats. Well, here you go. Here you go. Rat lifespan. Brown rat, two years. Black rat, 12 months. Jeez. Uh, I, not to be callous or anything, but I don't even know what the point of keeping them as pets is at that point if it's going to be a funeral every, you know, Two years year. at the most. Well, he is he is a, a brown rat, so he he would have two years, and he's already about two and a half. So he's he's basically 124 years old at this stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guinness are going to give him a call, you know. <laughs> ah, no, he, you know, those, the rats here are kind of spoiled, so he's, he's had a good, you know, last six months of his life or so. Um, and not only that, but one of the other rats that Natty has, only five months now, so it's only five months old, uh, mm. apparently the vet says that it has some kind of neurological disorder and should probably be put down. So she mm. she's she has kind of two two at once now, being told that uh, that they could possibly be lost. Now I think I think what we're gonna do is we're not gonna have the rat put down because he's you know visibly he's pretty healthy. So um, mm. we're gonna give him give him every opportunity. You know if if aggression or whatever becomes a a, a big issue, then maybe we have to deal with it. But for now, you know we're kind of happy having him around and. Uh, We'll keep him alive, especially since we have, as I said, one potentially on the way out the door. Um, guinea pigs are all right. Nothing. Uh, That's all right. Well, you should have them. Nothing out of the ordinary. Um, but then guinea pigs have a much la- longer life expectancy than rats do. I don't know if people know that. I was reading in the uh, in the week the longest uh, living guinea pig, which obviously is is uh, an outlier. 14 years and 11 months. <laughs> but the average lifespan mm. for a guinea pig is 4 to 8 years. I guess that's why they are more universally held as pets. Yeah. So we get we have our guinea pigs for a little while longer than the rats. Rats will come and go to an extent, I suppose. Although, to be fair, I mean, look, people keep goldfish as pets and that's like a day. Yeah. Or maybe well, I was just terrible at keeping them. Let me tell you about our goldfish. Um, when I was young... We had a goal, and, and before, I might have even said this on the podcast, I don't know. Before anyone says it, uh, that, well, obviously, your parents are switching the goldfish. <laughs> um, we had a, uh, I'd say we had a goldfish for about 10 to 15 years. I no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I'm definitely on team your parents let me, switching let me, No, let me explain why. Because <laughs> this goldfish had one little... I assume you've seen the movie Finding Nemo, Barry. Yes. One little gammy fin. Oh, no. 
and was and was half silver. So I'll just say, if they were swapping it, they did a bloody good job. No, what they were doing was they were just going out and buying a half silver one and mutilating and then, it, and, and then hitting it in the fin with a hammer. Easy peasy. And then, and then, and then yeah, it was like a scene from Reservoir Dogs or something. It's like, all right, you're gonna be a member of the family, but just hold still. Ah, ah, what are you doing? No. Ah. And that's and also that made them obedient, so they'd never leave. Um. Now, what we have at the moment is when we had, um, I don't know, long-term listeners might remember this. We used to have two foster boys who used to live with us. Um, and while, whilst they were here, we got two goldfish, for kind of for them. Um, one of the fish died almost immediately. And the other one has continued <laughs> to live again for like seven years at this stage. Um but like poor old Stitch, I think he's on his last legs because he has a condition called dropsy. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Barry. I have actually heard of that, yeah. Yeah, where he's kind of, he looks like he's he's been inflated like a balloon. Oh, um, And apparently it's some kind of uh, kidney failure where they retain a lot of water. Um, so he's, he, he's really weirdly shaped at the moment. So probably... He won't be around too much longer as well, but you know, to be honest, I hate to. Imagine. To be honest, I hate the goldfish. Imagine. So good. <laughs> oh, that's terrible! The fish Literally, are the worst. Pets. Like having organ failure, and you're just over there going whatever. I first imagine, of all, imagine, I, I hate I hate fish as a pet. Fish is the worst pet you can have because not only you can't can cuddle. you can't cuddle, you can't give a little stroke on the head. It's like an ornament that you have to feed. And clean. <laughs> they're 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 worse. It's like, a, it's like a Funko Pop that costs constant money, <laughs> and attention, and time. Yeah. The I, I would happily replace it with a, with a, a nice Attack on Titan Funko or something, <laughs> just in the kitchen. <laughs> the fish is gone. We have the uh, the colossal Titan now. Oh, just going up to your little, your son or daughter with a fish tank, and it's you know the 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 water jets are going, and it's uh, and it's like, Papa, what is that in there? That's that's a season two Morty, uh, little Paul Junior. Uh, it lives in the fish tank now. No, we're never gonna have uh, never gonna have any goldfish in our house, no. as far as I'm concerned. I th- I I think they're useless. Imagine if you were like a really rich person. And you had a goldfish that cost two euro, and it had dropsy. Yeah. And you took it to the vet. How often? How often do you think a vet gets that? Probably never. It's like, can you, uh, can you, can you operate on my goldfish's kidney? Uh, one, probably not. Two, you're the first person to ever ask. You know, so because because we just have this mindset that they're so disposable. Although the fact that you have had one that's lived a decade makes me think that maybe it's just we, we as people are generally horrible at taking care of them, and that's why it's such common parlance that goldfish die immediately. You know, but yeah. um, but who? I don't know because we so, uh, we're, we're in this situation now where where we have this goldfish which just won't fucking die, and I I actively want it to be gone, but it just lives on and on and on. You know, it's like ever since like a, the, the, we haven't had the foster kids with us now for like five years, I want to say. So like, there's no reason for keeping the goldfish. It's, it I don't think anyone in the house likes it. It just continues to live. So we have to. 
the goldfish is in charge of us at this stage. Oh, God. It's like a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> we'll all die before the goldfish dies. Then it'll be his house. Oh, dearie me. Anyway, what about yourself? What's been going on in your life, Barry? Uh, not much, not much. Uh, this coming week, I have uh, a doctor's appointment. Um, well, not not a doctor. A, a consulted special doctor. Not just the old GP. Uh, to, to have an old chat about my ongoing uh, tummy ailments. Mm. Which, uh, my G- which my GP thinks might be an ulcer, but we're, we're waiting to see. Um, and uh, so that's so basically, my GP gave me this guy's contact details, and he was like, uh, "This guy can do you know an endoscopy, a, a scope down your down your gullet, taking yeah. out look at your stomach." And I was like, "All right." I rang him up, and the guy on the phone was like, "Oh no no no, no. you you come in for a, a, a consultation first, and then we'll make the appointment. You know, consultant, let him have a look at you, ask you some questions." I was like, "All right." And I was like, how much is that? And he's like, 140 quid, baby. And I was like, 140 quid to have a chat with him after I've already have a chat with my GP who says this is what I need. And he was like, yeah. And that's before I even have the the actual scope thing. So that's great. I do enjoy the spending of the money. They're, such, they're such scam artists, aren't they? All, all yeah, people really involved is. in any kind of healthcare. Because I've had, I've had that this... with doctors as well, where... Um, I, 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 through looking in the mirror, see that I have a little cavity in my tooth. So yeah. I, I set up an appointment literally to go down and have it you know, feel, filled, basically. And I go down and they're poking around in my mouth. They're taking an x-ray of my teeth. And, yeah. then they're like, and then they're like, yeah, come back in a week. That's 100 euro, please. I'm like, but you haven't yeah. even filled it yet. Like, I know why I'm here. I haven't come here for you to tell me I need a filling. I'm the one telling you that and you're charging me money for it. Yeah, it's crazy, and this, I mean, it's like, so at the, at the very least, I mean, I have, so I have health insurance with, through work, uh, so the actual scan, the actual getting the scope done won't cost me anything, the insurance will cost that, but I will have to pay the consultancy fee this coming week, I'll have to pay that up front, and I'll be reimbursed half of it later, that's still like, like, oh, 140 quid just up front just to and i already know how it's going to go because my gp gave me a referral letter detailing all my symptoms and what he thinks is wrong i'm going to go in i'm going to give him that letter he'll read it he'll probably ask me five minutes worth of questions about my diet do i smoke blah 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 and then he'll say okay come in this day for the scope and i'll be back out the door and it'll just be ridiculous but anyway look it's gotta get done gotta see what's up with me um uh, yeah, so that's that's happening. Um, still off because until until such a time that we figure out what it is and get this resolved, still off the booze. Oh, so I was yeah. on the dry at, at OTT last night, which is actually not as bad as I as I was figuring. No, you, um, you, you seem to be having a good time because um, I I was sitting on, on like directly I, uh, opposite you. I saw you clapping and jumping and. Yeah, I'm not. For the record, listeners, I'm not on dialysis or anything. Like I'm, you know, I'm. Still, <laughs> I just you, I, I still, you there to show in a bed. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I, it's fine. I've I you know uh, it was fine. Now, to be fair, I was drinking. It, it obviously wasn't Coke, but whatever their sh- shitty off-brand cola they were charging me two fifty for was. Um, so I, yeah, I was having, at least I had the sugar and the caffeine keeping me going. Mm. But uh, but yeah. So other than that, you know, it's just business as usual. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, working and whatnot. So uh, with all that says, with life guff out of the way, what do you want to do? Next, do you want to kick off with OTT maybe for a change of of pace? Yeah, sure, fuck it, yeah, yeah. Why not? Just because we can, we can kind of 
uh, chat about that while it's all still fresh and all that. Um, did you have any? Did you want to run through your kind of notes on WrestleRama? Because I know you watched it. I did. I um, I, I, find, I finally watched WrestleRama last week uh, in the lead up to WrestlePuffs because I didn't want to be out of the loop in you know terms of any ongoing storylines or anything like that. Which yeah, to be fair, there wasn't really much of. But um, oh. WrestlePuffs. Uh, sorry, not WrestlePuffs. The other one, WrestleRama. Um, yeah. I would say kind of a kind of a middling show i guess um a lot of a lot of really good stuff first of all let me let, let me get out that out of the way um especially i i enjoyed i think the best match of the show was um british strong style against uh war machine and jeff cobb probably my favorite yeah. match. um war machine are this is my first time ever seeing them Je- yeah. jesus christ <laughs> basically the things they can do um yeah they're great uh on the other hand, I, I felt like a lot of the matches that I expected to be really good, kind of, for one reason or another, weren't. And a lot of the matches that I weren't so, I wasn't so hot on, actually delivered in a much more satisfying way. So, you and I were kind of speaking before Russell Pops there, uh, yesterday, that like for instance the Ricochet Matt Seidel match, um, kind of just happened before my eyes, but at no point did I have any real connection with it or like enjoy it in any real meaningful way whereas the joey ryan uh candace LeRae and angel cruisers match i kind of you know as as i said before i did, don't really care for joey ryan so i wasn't really i didn't like i didn't i ended up not even going but um that actually was a, a hell of a fun match mm. so i guess it kind of the whole show subverted my expectations in one way or another the main event was obviously really good as well um, the, the triple threat match. Um, but yeah, it, it obviously was very long. The VOD without the intermission is like four hours and seven minutes long. Which, yeah, you know, crazy. For, well, well, for what they advertise as a, you know, like a SummerSlam, it's, it's one of their big four of the year. Um, maybe it's fair enough, but I did watch it in two sittings, not one, because I, I can't just sit down and watch something for four and a half hours, you know? Um, so were I to do that, I probably would have felt it, you know, but in, in watching yeah. two things, it kind of was more, more like watching two separate shows, like part one, part two, night one, night two. Um, but I have to say at the end, I, I kind of don't regret not going. Like, I don't feel like I missed any life redefining matches by, by not having gone. No. Yeah. Whereas if I had missed, um... Scrapper Mania, or if I were to miss uh, being the Elite Live, I feel like there are shows that I I really need to or want to go to, you know. Whereas this one, I don't know. Even though it was in the stadium and it had the, the you know the big show feel, I I don't know. I wouldn't count it as one of the 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 better OTT shows. I don't know how that you know corresponds with the live experience, whether it was. Uh, an, a home run live, but a VOD, yeah, it was a, it was an okay show. Um, obviously, with uh, a couple of very good live, matches. live. The feeling was that the whole show was really good, but there was no, there was nothing kind of great or blow away. Um, yeah. With the possible exception of the British Strong Style match, like a lot of people there. That I know, obviously, no one disliked that. We all really liked it, um, but 
I think I think there was a lot of conversations about how uh, we've maybe kind of had our fill of this style of match from these three. Uh, as great as it is, and it was, you know, I've mentioned that it was kind of, it's like my favorite thing in wrestling was just seeing them do live matches in the Tivoli. Uh, I know a lot of people are kind of ready to start getting some peak singles matches again. Yeah, my in, my, my uh, brother is very much of that mindset. Um, but I kind of understand and, the uh, fact that because and, they um, because they tour as British Strong Style so often now, it's like kind of if you're getting Pete done, you're get you again the other two as well. You know, it's going to be more or less that. Um, Yeah, it was it was a pretty good show. The matches like Jordan Devlin, Matt Cross, the Jimmy Havoc, Paul Tracy match, Ricochet, Matt Seidel. I feel like they just kind of I don't really have very strong memories of them. I mean, Zach Gibson and Charlie Sterling are one of my favorite acts in the company right now. Um, the two and Lemon match was okay. Yeah, uh, the Kings and North CCK match was really good. Obviously. Um, did you like the uh, Did you like the uh, shooting star spot in the two unlimited uh, match? Uh no, I rec- get it. I, I recoiled in horror, Barry. <laughs> um, I think I think a lot of the matches that were just kind of okay, like like Seidel and Ricochet, obviously was um, technically great, but but didn't have the heat. Uh, and and, and, and was the first match after the Kings and North match as well, right? Which which does not help. Um, uh, but also, like you know, in the Paul Tracy Jimmy Havoc match, which is just kind of a, a, a weapons brawl, I think all that stuff was way better live because you kind of got that um, you know buffet style of show where you got a little bit of everything. Whereas on yeah. the whereas on the VOD, it's like okay, you've seen one match in that style of the Havoc match, you kind of see them all. You don't need to watch it on the VOD. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, it was it was a it was a solid, but nothing nothing truly excellent. Uh, God bless you. Uh, so, I guess we can move on to Rassel Pops, which was this uh, week's show, which was last night. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the return of Will Ospreay and a couple of other things. So, um, uh, they did. It was a the the, the graphics and the poster was serial uh, themed, um, it, it kind of akin to Bootios. Basically, they had a serial box cover. Um, with Will Ospreay on it, and they did actually make limited boxes of Rassel Pops cereal, yeah, uh, with with trading cards in them. Uh, I got one. Um, I ate them. Uh, they were in fact cornflakes. <laughs> uh, they didn't even like uh, pay out for ricicles or something like that. It was cornflakes. Yeah. That's well, right, but they okay. were, but they, but they were Kellogg's. They were good. They were good. Oh, cornflakes. the good cornflakes. They're not. Yeah, they're so not they, it's not they, when your your mother buys the off-brand ones and puts them in the, the Kellogg's no. box. Okay. No, it had, it had the Kellogg's logo on it, so I was like, "All right, this is the real deal. Fair play, OTT. They have not cheaped out." And there was even a joke later in the show about Aldi cornflakes. Yeah, so Rus- they did not buy Russell Aldi cornflakes. So, uh, so, so the, the cereal was, but of course, the the it was very much a, a novelty kind of collector's thing rather than we're set. We're in the food game now, lads. Uh, uh, but no, it was, it was it was fun. They're like seven quid, like you know, a bit of a uh, you know whatever. Uh, so the box is nice, and it comes with uh, I got like six trading cards, and two of them were signed. So I got a, a signed Bobby George Jr., the biggest yeah. star in OTT, and yeah, uh, uh, Jared Simmons signed. Uh, so that was nice. So that was good. Uh, um, other kind of notes before we get to the the, the match by match. Uh, ended like really early. Like I was surprised at how like 
bang on bang on three hours it was basically uh they opened the doors at quarter past six to the second they were they were bang on with that uh the they said they would start the first bell time for the first match would be seven uh, i don't know that it was but they were they were in the ring doing their opening segment at around that time so that was basically perfect and i think five past ten i checked we checked the time as osprey was uh, doing his speech. Uh, yeah, so about five past ten. So after a couple of shows where they really lost the run of themselves uh, time-wise, this was this perfectly done. So that was that was nice. That was greatly appreciated um, uh, on that front. Yeah, it was... Um, well, the, the show flew by, first of all. And, um, yeah, we were on the bus home. I would say we were... We were well, we were in Palmerstown, which is halfway between... I would say halfway between city center and leak slip here where we live um, yeah. at about half 10. Yeah. So we were in the door home, probably five to 11, which is like <laughs> some shows the main event hasn't even started. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, and it's not, I mean, obviously I have to um, go back to Limerick, but there are lots of people like yourselves that are kind of on the outskirts or, or maybe just one County over or whatever, uh, where they, you know, a, a lot of people are racing for the last train and or bus, yeah. um, after the show. So it's not just the long, the long commuters like me, but yeah, uh, I had a hell of a fucking weekend of travel. Uh, if you'll recall last month for WrestleRama, uh, I was having a bus nightmare because several buses came to stop and were full and couldn't take anyone on. And so I was at the bus stop for two hours because there was a, a Liverpool, FC match uh, yeah. in Dublin, and there was also a Dublin football match uh, uh, same day. So it was it was like one of the busiest sporting days in Dublin all year, and so that was a, a disaster. And I was running late, uh, so this time I, I checked out the train prices, and, and a train up to Dublin was like twelve quid. It's like two it's two euro more expensive than the bus. So I got that. So I got on the train yesterday. And it was just one one switch over, go from Limerick City to Limerick Junction. Limerick Junction is kind of uh, it's a good way, it's a good bit out of the city. So you're on you're on that bus for that train for a little while. Transfer to a bus to a bus. What the fuck? Transfer to a different train at Limerick Junction, and then it's a straight shot through to Dublin. Uh, I get to Limerick Junction, waiting for the Dublin uh, train to come in. Doesn't come, doesn't come, doesn't come. And I was spent over the PA. It's running a half hour late. I'm like, great, awesome. Go on Twitter. Apparently, there is an injured cow on the the train tracks, causing delays or in the Limerick and Ennis area. An injured cow. So, so I don't know when I don't know when they eventually got that sorted. But to give credit to Ian Road Aaron, the bus, the bus, motherfuck, the train company. Um, they basically put us back on the train that we came into the station in. Reversed it for about five minutes, switched to tracks, and it's like, all right, this is the Dublin train now. So they they were fairly quick in getting that sorted. And then after the show, I was getting the bus home because uh, obviously the trains don't run to Limerick at that hour. So I got on the bus, and uh, again, the show finished nice and early. So I was like, oh great, I'll be home like around midnight or maybe you know like one a.m. Mm. Uh, the bus broke down just outside of Limerick um, <laughs> on the, the motorway. Uh, and it took them a half hour to get someone out to us, uh, like second bus, um, and then we all kind of hopped on that. Uh, so that was great. So I am just cursed. The universe doesn't want me to go uh, uh, to these shows. It's a good thing 
I, I was contemplating it, but I have since vetoed the idea of going to Belfast for the October shows mm. because I think I think I think God would literally strike the train off the tracks were I to try and and use uh, transport for that for that long. Yeah. So hard out weekend to travel, but they they did end on time. So fair play to OTT for that. Uh, we'll go through the um, uh, the card here. The opening match: uh, Jern Simmons versus Adam Max did Jern was kind of the only person announced who didn't have a match announced. So uh, so we kind of anticipated that, there would, that there'd be kind of one more match on the card. So he faced it, Adam Maxted, who is the uh, the very jacked, very tanned body bro um, who recently had a WWE tryout. This was fun. Uh, the thing about Jern is a, a lot of it is basically just the entrance. Um uh, if you haven't seen Jaron Simmons in WXW or, or he's this is a second OTT appearance, comes out in like a big in a in a in a coke with some very um uh, atmospheric music and then and he has like a rock song that kicks in and he literally dances for the duration of the of the four minute song, gyrating on fans, wiggling his hips all over the place, getting in the ring, getting out of the ring, you know, blowing up and getting gassed during his entrance. It's a whole thing. It's very fun. It's really great live. I saw I saw he's boogieing down with you, Paul, on the <laughs> on your side of, of, of the building. Yeah, because we had um, obviously stage seats, whereas Barry was on the floor, and we were lucky enough for the first time to be sitting in the front row, because I've never been front row at an OTT show. Mm. Um, and actually, as you you can attest, Barry, a lot of the stuff on this show was kind of over on the stage and over in kind of my corner. Uh, a lot of entrances to the stage. Bobby George Jr.'s ring announcer came out there as well. Um, yeah, a lot of cool, a lot of cool stuff. And um, uh, they, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of action. There was some brawling um, uh, during like the second match over by your section. Uh, and yeah, so so, so we had you, you, got, you, got, you got a great uh, great view of the wiggling and the gyrating. We were actually mortified that we would have him dancing with us because he was over on the other side and he actually grabbed someone and was waltzing about with them. You know, if you're at a, a stand-up show, well, hopefully someone, you know, doesn't come over and talk to me. They don't, don't, don't point me out and start bantering with me. So we were, we were hoping that Jern would, would dance a little bit and then be on his way <laughs> before he tried to grab one of us and dance with us. Um, but it was great. Yeah, it's, it, it was really great. And, and um, uh, he was a nice counter to Max did. Um, think, the thing I've kind of heard about Jern is that he's like, you know, and I, I've only seen a handful of his matches. I, I, I caught up on some WXW earlier in the year. Uh, but I, again, I've only seen a handful. He's, like, he, he's capable of having some good matches, but he's not He's not like this incredible pro wrestler. It is a lot. It's kind of a great act. He's very charismatic. He talks very well. I've heard him commentate in English on WXW. Um, and it's really impressive. Like, he, he he's totally seamless out there. Hmm. So he has a him but um i think i think actually i think actually opening match is a great position for him in ott he does the dance everyone gets into the entrance and he has a match where they do some high spots and they do a decent amount of comedy and it's a great little warm-up for the card um i think he fits really well and as anticipated i know a lot of people wanted him in the tivoli for the longest time so the the scrapper mania debut was cool but it was like not really if you want someone to come to ott you want them in that building you know what i mean yeah so it was, it was cool to finally see him in that one, um, and he lost to Max Did. Max Did, who continues to look, you know, really solid, really impressive. Um, uh, they they don't they don't really 
push him. He's been in a lot of opening matches mm. and a lot of impromptu matches and a lot of segments where he's getting laid out by Drew McIntyre. And I think there was a segment where he's been laid out by someone else. So I, w- I would enjoy it if Max did, uh, was, a, was a bit more of a regular and they did a bit more something with him because I think he's uh, really I, impressive. I think he's really good. Yeah, I really like um, I like Max did. Underrated, so, if anything. A little bit, yeah. He, he doesn't really have as much buzz on the on the scene as you'd imagine, but uh, a, a lot of talent. So he won um, one criticism of the show. Is that there were two finishes that I thought were really similar. Uh, this one and I think the Bobby George Jr. one were basically a, a distraction and a low blow. Mm. Um, uh, so uh, Max did through... There, there was two glorious capes in this match. <laughs> Max did had one and... and urine and they did in fact have some banter about whose was better um but max had threw one of them over foxy and, and kicked urine low and uh, hit him with a move yeah so that was that uh the second match was the debut of eddie dennis who is a progress and uh, attack regular uh, a friend of mark andrews and a couple of other people very very, very highly thought of those um, uh, he faced Chief Deputy Dunn of the Anti-Fun Police. Uh, uh, this, was a, this was a solid match. I thought I, I thought the crowd was a little bit quiet for it, and I also thought, I don't know if this was maybe something, I don't, it was tough to predict, but so Fabulous Nicky is like this flamboyant character from OTT's past, and now he's this anti-fun police member. So he's interfering in the match, and he's you know grabbing Eddie Dennis' leg and all this other stuff that you know heel managers do. And Eddie's kicking him off or punching him off the apron, and every time he would, like a small fraction of the crowd would boo or they wouldn't really know how to react because I think what people are invested in, especially because I mean he he got over, but Dennis did not come in over. They didn't. People didn't really. You know, they didn't really react to him that big. People are more into the idea of fabulous Nikki rising up and fighting uh, uh, Chief Deputy Dunn rather than Dennis. So the, the dynamic was a little bit weird. The heat wasn't really there. But um, as as the good wrestlers always do, I think Dennis impressed by the end of the match. He did a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, uh, you know, he... Um, we mentioned the stage brawling earlier. Him and Dunn brawled up to the stage, and he tossed Dunn off the stage. Uh, oh, the my God. Nope. Because there is that a... That was right by you. Yeah, right by us. Not, uh, and not only that, there's that's where the um, the speakers are. So he threw him within maybe five inches of the speaker. So I was afraid that he was going to hit his legs on it, hit his head off it. Luckily, he didn't. Yeah. Um, He's lucky, and also um, Eddie Dennis is huge. Yes, uh, he's a big, tall man. I think um, was it him what... or was it somebody else? I don't know if you could have you could tell from your angle, but there's somebody in one of the matches. I have to see it on the VOD that did a did a whether it was a handspring or just a, a backflip out of a move, but did like a back somersault, and again came within like two inches of clipping their feet on the top rope and f- face planted on their head. Um, might have been Eddie Dennis because he's so big that it would make sense for it to be him. Uh, I can't. I, I can't remember. Yeah. So there. Well, we could see from our angle because we were right more or less in line with that kind of side of the ring. Um, there were there were a few little little dangerous moments early on, and then the 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 I guess it was like a a border toss essentially that he did out of the stage, right? Yeah. Um. Very cool move, nonetheless. Very cool spot. Eddie has a lot of cool moves. He did a, a, a stalling superplex out of the corner. 
Yeah, uh, which was really impressive, and uh, lots, and you know, he caught uh, Don on a dive. So he's 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 kind of unassuming to look at. Like he's tall, but he he's not like you know Brian Cage or anything. He doesn't look that, but he he does lots of really impressive big man uh, spots, and he, he has a has a likable presence about him. As I said, it's it always takes. I was chatting to some of the lads I was with there last night. I mean, there really is a, a big, big contingent of OTT fans who I feel like they're, they they go to OTT and that's their indie wrestling um, intake. They they don't follow elsewhere. They don't really know you know these guys. But when they come in and they have good matches, they'll be well received next time. And I think he definitely will. Um, what was the finish of this one? Did I can't remember, I actually can't remember. Ed, Eddie Dennis won with a uh, almost like an emerald. F- Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Was, uh, some kind of inverted DDT emerald fusion thing. So he he did that, and then um, uh, Dunn was uh, berating Nikki after the fact, and Nikki uh, laid him out, took off his police officer outfit, and had an a, an extremely loud shirt on underneath. <laughs> um, uh, so I'd imagine that will be a match. Do you think? Next. Do you think that the 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 fabulous Nikki turn has kind of happened too quickly? Uh yes, yeah. This is only the second appearance of Dunn. With Nikki, um, I think they could have teased it out a bit longer. But, uh, especially because I think Dunn has a lot of potential to get over in OTT, and this, you know, this again, this, you know, this was this wasn't, you know, a very heated match. I think they could have dragged it out a lot longer, um, uh, and could have uh, hammered home the the dissension because a lot of angles like this where they never even I, really I, teased I, it until last night. Yeah, that was that was the beginning. This was the beginning and the end of it, really. I mean, because the first match they didn't do much of it, but um, uh, a lot of angles like this, where like a, a beloved face is like subservient to a heel. I mean, you can get months out of doing that, just teasing it, having the crowd, you know, you know, banging on the mat, you know, screaming and shouting, hit him, hit him, and all this other stuff, and then he 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 feigns like he's gonna do it, but then he he goes back in place, and you know, he, he could have built up, but again, I don't know. Um, maybe they maybe, maybe they want to just move, you know, Don onto something else immediately. But who knows? We'll see. Um, I really like uh, Damien Don. Is it right? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like him. He's tiny though. That's the thing. Yeah, and that kind of like, adds to the charm though, in that he's this like heel who acts real man. big, but he's a tiny little little man. Yeah, he's great. And, uh, I like him a lot. Yeah, and it, the, I mean the gimmick is so perfect for. Your OTTs and your attacks and your 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 uh, places like that. I mean, it, it's it's really really fun. Um, so I I I'm certain. I think the Nikki match is probably be a lot of fun, and I think I think he'll be a fixture going forward. Um, no fun, or rather not fun. In fact, yeah, I got, I got a shirt from him and I got a free sticker which I stuck on my Nintendo Switch. Oh, that's nice. Uh, so um, so that was fun. Was was the tag title match next? Um, or was it Poppy George? Oh, I don't remember to tell you the truth. Um, I think you know what I think it may have been the tag title match because I think they they used Bobby George was the buffer between the Angel Cruisers and the tag title. Yes, I think you're right. So uh, the tag title match was on, it was on kind of early because I was thinking that might I was thinking that actually might be semi main event. I was thinking I, I was thinking in early day that might even be the main event and they might do a, a title Double switch third. just just because this show otherwise you could argue as being not a very important show. Whereas if you had that be the main event and have a title switch, yeah, then at least that's kind of, you know, the reason for, for getting on VOD and, and so on and so forth. But Yeah. Because I, I, I was talking to people when they announced, like, the cereal bowl and stuff. I was like, what's the main... I was like, is, 
is Devlin versus Star main eventing the show? And people are like, no, no, of course the Serial Bowl is main eventing. It's got Will Ospreay. I was like, yeah, but it's like a, it's a random five person thing. You know, I, 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 you know, I didn't look at this card and see a standout main event, honestly. And, and that's not that's not a knock on any of the matches as quality. It's just on paper, I was just like, I, I wasn't quite sure what would close. But uh, so this was. Uh, it would have been King- a nice thing as well to have Kings of the North and Two Unlimited for the titles. As no, no, first and foremost, an all Irish main event. Yeah. Um, and also to kind of, you know, you don't have the, um, the NLW title, so no harm to make the tag team titles kind of seem that little bit more important that they can main event the show, you know? And, and like, the Kings are, like, the most consistent, like, act in the whole company, really. Yeah, um, now, f- before we start talking about the Kings and their act, obviously... The, the most controversial thing coming out of last night was the fact that they don't have their their usual theme song anymore. Yes, yeah. The Prodigy um, Day is My Enemy. Yeah. Um, to do with copyright or something, apparently. Um, yeah, they were... Although they were, they were still using some copyrighted songs on the show. Uh, I think I I think it might not be an OTT thing. I think I know, I know the Kings are debuting... Everywhere in, else right now. Everywhere else, including Deservedly ICW. so. And, I mean, ICW, I don't know what the status of ICW is. There's been rumors of them in progress going on the network for fucking 10 years, it feels like, at this stage. But I do know that the general nature of the industry now, a lot of people are, are looking to get their either get written permission to use songs or uh, this... this uh, the Kings of the North's replacement song was done by a band, I think, or a service called Tune Suisse, which is a weird name, but I kind of like it. Yeah. Uh, they are they are a straight up dedicated wrestling song producer and hot tag media who are also I think I think that's a great idea by the way. I think there is there is money to be made on on an independent level if you are if you are a straight up commission us and we will make you a wrestling song. Um, uh, business. Uh, Hot Tag did uh, Logan, Bryce, and Justin Shape, who also, and that's another great song, just like the Prodigy with the Kings of the North. That was so great for their act. Um, so Hot Tag did their one. Um, Jordan Devlin was coming out to his WWE song, which I think is also Hot Tag. Um, and uh, Martina was not on this show, and I, a lot of people were speculating, was that oh, because they just... I didn't even think about that. Uh, she's. I think she's been saying just very plainly saying on Twitter that she, she she can't get the rights. Mark McCabe does not seem to have... He has social media, but it does not appear to be manned in any kind of significant way. Um, it, so I, I think that that may be the case. I don't know that that's going to happen, unfortunately. Um, which is a real bummer. Which is a real bummer um, for, for her. But, I mean, um, for all three so, acts, to be honest. Um, like, <clears throat> I, I, I put on Twitter yesterday that I, you know, I, was, I was happy that they still blew the doors off as they always do you know yeah, yeah um, it had a great show. like i don't think that any any the kings of the north logan justy martin i don't think any of them will be too adversely affected but it is it is a big part of their act like for all three of them specifically there's not one of them that is like the equivalent of you know dean ambrose or seth rollins in wwe where you're like yeah, their, their team songs are a shit anyway <laughs> it's kind of like well I really, I really love all three of those theme songs, and I mean, as as good as the new songs kind of are, they they do come off a, 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 you know far inferior in terms of the whole entrance and the whole vibe, especially I would say Logan and Justice. 
which is like just come sounds real generic. Kings of the North at least has still like the drum beat at the intro. Mm. Uh, I guess it's because like how do you not make a rip off version of like you know TNA or WCW in the past, but how do you kind of replicate so humble? You know, it's not yeah. something that you can just easily redo. Um, it's and it's 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 I th- and the other thing about it that's kind of frustrating is that it's it's just the the weird place indie wrestling is in right now. Um, and I'm, um, and, and by the way, I'm not saying that the songs the songs are bad, but it's like no, like I'm not having to go in case you, uh, some weird chance the person who made one of these songs is listening. It's just you like know. you know, how do you replicate the prodigy? How do you replicate the Lonely Island without it having being a step down, especially when people are so used to those songs, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a, a real a real shitty situation. Yeah, uh, and let's not forget the the originator of this whole uh, situation was of course uh, Marty Skrull, who who ditched his his great you know whoop whoop theme for I think ROH gave him that that current one he uses. Hmm. Um, but look, everyone adjusted over time, and I actually really like Marty's song currently. I think it fits him it does. uh, it does. a lot better. But, but but at first, I was like, how can you not? How could you have Marty without that song? You know, I was very very disappointed but uh so yeah that's the uh that's that's you know unfortunate but as we mentioned but that it's, is it's, it's kind of like um it's only the first time we're here and we're, we'll get used to them eventually you know absolutely yeah and we'll be like how did the kings of the north ever not have this song absolutely um so as for the match it was kings of the north uh successfully defending their titles against uh two unlimited two unlimited still had their song which is a licensed song absolutely but again uh, but I'm I'm unclear what the rules are. Um, so this is a match that going into it, I was kind of thinking like. Um, well, it might be as you said that these people are looking to kind of, especially Kings of North Martina, they're going a little bit more international, and they want to have absolutely. their own theme song. Whereas I'm not sure on Two Unlimited how how far their kind of their outreach is. Yeah, especially after this match. Well, the thing with Two uh, Unlimited, let me just say before we even talk about the match, is I think they're they're. They're really good and they're capable of like some properly athletic feats that people can really only dream of being able to do. But and here's the big the big but every single match I've seen of them, l- literally every match, there is one or two parts where they look like they're gonna die. Yeah. Through I, I hesitate to use use the word reckless because I don't want to make an accusation about them. But yeah, like the move I've, I've said this on the podcast before, the move where they're doing the uh, the four fifty off the shoulders. Mm. When he lands, he's just landing like on his shoulder. There's like no control in the landing because how do you control that? And yeah, it's like I would rather see them have a more boring safe match. Than the risky matches they do. You, we talked about it before the WrestleRama, the shooting star off the back, where I I nearly thought the, his neck was broken. And I I I I think when you have people who are so like Ricochet doing the six thirty and moves like this, like the Ricochet used to do the the double back moonsault and so on, when it gets to the point where you spend more of the match worrying, like in anticipation of a dangerous botch. Then it takes away enjoyment from the match, you know. 
And I'm constantly worried for these guys in their matches just because the level of the stuff they do is so dangerous and so high risk. Inevitably, yeah. it's going to go wrong. And I don't want to be in the crowd there live when one of them breaks an arm, breaks a leg, breaks a neck. Yeah, and, and, and we'll talk later about, you know, someone got someone did get hurt on this show, which we'll talk about in a bit. And it's not it's not nice being there. You don't want to see it. So even though, you know, I have some negative stuff to say about this match, let it be said that a part of what frustrates me is I don't want to see someone get hurt in the ring. There's even like it's gotten to the point now where they they've messed up some stuff with such regularity that there was a spot in this match that they didn't mess up. It's the one where they got Corvin in like a cradle and like scooped him up onto like a shoulder onto one of their shoulders in a kind of Canadian backbreaker into a into a code breaker, right? Yeah, right. And it's like that they didn't mess it up, but it was like watching them do it. I was like, oh my god, this is like it's like everything they're doing is so nerve wracking. After the after the WrestleRama match, someone someone said this to me. There were some spots early in the match where they were doing, you know, the the, the classic, you know, high flyer chain wrestling, you know, kip up stand out standoff spots with Jody Fleisch and and Johnny Storm that look cool. And someone pointed out to me, it's like if you watch that back, it's like. It's like they're being led by the hand through this sequence by the two veterans. And I watched it back. And it's just like there are little things about the way they do. They just they look like they have no confidence or something like they're just very unsure of themselves. So so this match anyway, to get into this match, I thought overall this match was good. I thought this was really a, a feather in, in the King's cap because I thought they had a, a, a great performance. I, I thought that in their time in OTT, this was the worst two unlimited I've looked Uh People I was speaking to there had some people agreed, some people disagreed. Like it seemed like where you were sitting maybe had an effect. We were sitting, I was sitting front row ringside by the turnbuckle. So I saw like when one of them did a reverse rana, I saw them like land really badly on their own heads doing that. Uh, they did the, you know, the, the, when the young bucks do like the Finley roll into the corner. Yeah. You know, to set up a four fifty, I saw them do that. And I can't remember now. Oh, they... Jesus! Yeah, he went for the. It's the move. Sheamus does that move as well, right? The, the, it's the had... Sheamus thing or the Finley thing. Yeah. He has him up for a small drop, and you do a forward roll. And he did the he did the forward roll, but ended up on the same side as instead of rolling over the top of the guy and, and landing on the other side, he ended up on the same side where he started the move with the guy still in front of him. It's like, how do you even yeah. do that? It's like he he flipped. But the guy on his shoulders didn't, and he just did like a front flip and landed on his back, and the other guy just fell on the floor. So, so yeah, and, and that I mean, from our angle, they did that because they were doing the four fifty off the turnbuckle on my side, so they did that right in front of me, and like it looked dreadful. It really did, and it's like so. So I went into this match cheering the Kings. I was like, listen, I'm. And but for the record, I think anyone who listens to this show knows. Me and Paul, we're not the type who are going to go to a show and cheer the heels just because we want to do it. That's not my prerogative ever, especially not at OTT. You know, it it it, it takes a lot for me to to go against the the grain of a match. But I was like, the Kings are one of the best teams in Europe. They're a flagship team, and I just I just don't like Two Unlimited. So when the Kings came out, I was giving them the salute. Which, by the way, I really hate that salute because it looks like a Nazi salute. Um, um, not not if you not if you. Extend your arm and cock your wrist up with the hand yeah. fully vertically against a horizontal arm. Then it's okay. If you're giving a Nazi salute, you're at the wrong show, maybe. 
Yeah, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I, my hand was bending backwards to make sure there was no confusion about what I was doing. Uh, it was it was a little bit outrageous, but um, so and there was a you know everyone in my section, not everyone, the, me and like the six or seven people I was with were one hundred percent with the Kings. I actually know I had a couple of friends who were from the north who were in the standing section who were for the Kings, and there was a smattering of other people throughout who were with the Kings. There was a small few boos for two unlimited, but it was it was not significant. Um, uh, although as they were messing things up, especially towards the tail end of the match, people were really giving it to them. They were really giving it to them. And um, I think that also hindered their performance. It seemed like they were shook a little bit. And uh, I wasn't like heckling them or anything. I, I was more cheering the Kings than booing them. But after the match, they were going around high-fiving the audience. And I just sat down and I just looked at the floor. I was just like, I'm not going to stand up and give you the finger to your face as you're looking for that high-five. But I'm also not going to applaud after what I thought was a pretty poor performance. So I will be fascinated to see what the reaction is um, next time they're back because um, even though there was a decent smattering of people cheering the Kings, I would still say it was a solid 60-40, maybe 70-30 typical reaction, which is to say, you know, the Kings were hated. But after after this performance, I, I might expect that the Kings will be more cheered, and I think these guys will, will be heavily booed next time. Um, uh, so the Kings won. Did the Kings win clean? They won clean, right? Um... More I don't there. think they changed. Yeah. I can I... Yeah, I think they went clean. Um, I before we talk about the match stuff, I don't think I'd be as, as strong in my criticism of Two Unlimited as you are. I wouldn't say I disliked them to any extent. Um, yeah. My point of view is is just that you know the old veteran wrestler is saying you, you, it's not it's not about doing loads of dangerous moves. It's about having a match and telling a story. Um. I definitely think that two and limbs are kind of the the personification of wrestling that old timers hate. <laughs> That's basically their style. Um and that I I would like to see them calm down a little bit and not be so crazy with the moves they do. Um Kings of the North won with how did they win? I can't I honestly can't remember. Which I, is weird, I remember I no Corvin Corvin won with a, just a big boot, wasn't it? Off he like he hit his he hit his lariat he hit his F six counties I think he just hit the the run and boot and that was it yeah well I'll I'll watch it back anyway and we'll see but it was somewhat clean and interestingly because this is the type of thing the Kings never do they did a a respectful fist bump after the match yeah um which the Kings never the Kings are never doing the shake hands we're all great bow to four sides of the ring even though they've had some incredible matches they never do that but it's like uh, they, they've been through all the babyface teams at this stage it's like who else do you exactly feel with? so i'm kind of holding out anticipation now for kings of the north uh zach gibson maybe zach gibson charlie sterling match because you have the english wrestlers and then you can have the kings of north saying you know well we're from ireland first and foremost they can actually be defending the irish by guard um yeah which I which I'd be into, and in fairness, I think the match we're going to talk about in a second. I think Z- there's a few people on this show: Zach Gibson, Jordan Devlin, who should be up around the NLW title scene, given how good they are right now. But anyway, go on. So um, so yeah, so so we'll see where that goes. The um. The next match was uh, Zach Gibson versus Bobby George Jr. Zach Gibson came out 
for his usual pre-match promo where everyone boos. And he went, he got a little, uh, he got a little more uh, into it than he usually does uh, at these um, at these shows. He talk, he's the last few months he's talked about um, you know Irish wrestling is shit and and it's parody of English you know indies and blah blah blah. And this time he was like, all you do is cheer for fat people and comedy acts, which I was like, okay, you got me there. Um, and and all this other stuff and. He's like bullet club shirts everywhere, and people laughed and cheered. And he was like, "Ah, don't cheer me." He just went on and on. He was great. This is like the best promo I've seen in OGT in ages. Um, he was great. He was really, really great, and kind of um, uh, really, really built uh, as as you would anticipate. It really built up him as just like one of the most hated people we have. Versus, uh, uh, you know, Bobby George is quickly becoming one of the most popular. So, um. Bobby George's announcer came out, and he's a, an old '80s UK TV uh, darts announcer. Yeah, uh, and he does his big intro, and Bobby George Jr. comes out to like the Sky Sports. Uh, chase, you know, chase like, the sun is the name of the song. Chase, chase the sun, the the theme of of the darts, and he, this is akin to you know the the heyday of Ricardo and Alberto. It's that level of a of a star making addition. For for um for Bobby George, I mean the announcer is incredible, absolutely incredible. He sounds the part, he looks the part, he's ad libbing during the matches and really adding a whole level to it. He looks like he wouldn't be out of place in a Wallet and Gromis Gromit cartoon. Gromis, mm. he's that kind of he's got that kind of face. He's, he he looks like Wallace with hair, basically, with a, <laughs> with a, a neatly combed, neatly parted hairdo. So, um, so Bobby George is doing his bits of stick. The, you know, he has like a, a punch combo where the announcer goes 60, 120, and it's building to him saying 180, where everyone cheers. He does a spot where he says, uh, every time Bobby George chops, you have to take a drink, and lots, lots of stuff like that. So, had a really fun match. Um, Gibson, of course, won. I, I don't know that Bobby George is going to be this guy who beats loads of people, and you know, I don't think he's going to be that kind of act. That's great. That's fine. Uh, Gibson beat him, put him in the um, uh, uh, Shanklin Gates, uh, tapped him out. Yeah. So uh, the, the Gibson push continues, and I, I'm I'm with you. I think he's one of the most entertaining acts they have. Um, and I, I actually I, I know some people who are predicting that Sterling and Gibson might actually come out and attack the Kings after the title match. I I think I think there's a few people thinking that might be the uh, the direction. Yeah, I'd definitely be in favor of that. So God bless Bobby George Jr. He's uh, he's really great, and not, and not to overstate the announcer as well. I mean, Bobby George does lots of great stuff as well. I mean, the, the, all the attire and all his little mannerisms. He's really really great. I don't, I don't know without the announcer how how over the act would be, but I, oh, well, no, he, yeah, yeah, he definitely makes it. But I, I I think he's I think he's holding up his end, and the matches uh, uh, the match was, was fun as well. So um, but you know, it is it is a whole it's it's a whole package. Yeah, he's the, the they are great, I'll say. Oh, it's just Banstow. Ah, oh, brilliant. All the little dart references as well, if if you're yeah. anyway yeah. if you're darts, you love this act. So so good. So um uh what was next? I believe next was the final match before intermission. Yeah. Which was the Angel Cruisers, which is Angel Cruz and Be Cool. Versus uh, Justin Shape and uh, Logan Bryce. 
And of course, yeah, again, and there was like there was like audible confusion and groans when the music that is not their regular music hit. You know, it, there's there's going to be a period of adjustment for sure. Um, adjustment. Adjustment, even. Uh, there was a sign in the crowd. One of them said, uh, Logan and Justy, about 100 years, which I think was a Rick and Morty reference. And also, Book Justy versus Sexy Star, um, which was a, a topical reference. Yeah. Uh, so, they had a really fun match. Uh, uh, lots of comedy, as you would imagine. Um, uh, lots of, there was some uh, team prick shenanigans. Uh, there was uh, fish hooks. There was all the all the usual stuff. <laughs> there was uh, a meat uh, hook at one point. Yeah, an actual an actual fish hook, I believe it was. A, yeah, a uh, legit meat hook is what it was. Um, and it's a great spot where Angel Cruz swung it and got caught on quote unquote caught on the ropes, but it was really just over the ropes, and it was just like he wouldn't let go of it, so he was trying to pull it off. But that was a, a great bit of comedy pro wrestling silliness. Um, team prick antics. Uh, be cool. Uh, he tried to emulate Angel Cruz's shtick of getting a weapon under the ring, and he pulled out a, a box of uh, Rus- Russell Puffs uh, as opposed to Russell Pops. So um, they poured uh, cornflakes all over the ring as if they were as if they were uh, thumbtacks, and uh, there were various antics surrounding that. The ring was fucking manky after this match because they poured the, the cornflakes out and then did another like six minutes of bumps and rolling around in. It the, was just dust the, by the end of it. it. There was just disgusting orange dust all over the ring for their. And thankfully, they 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 sufficiently got it clean before the next uh, for the next half. But at intermission, I went to to go to the merch table and the floor on the side of the ring where they were sweeping that shit out was absolutely disgusting to walk through. Um, beer and cornflake dust. Beer and corn—that is exactly it, right? So, so anyway, uh, the finish saw uh, Humperdink, the heel manager, came out to interfere on behalf of the heels. Uh, Sammy D, who is the former partner of Be Cool and Justin Shape before the big heel turn of, of Justy, uh, he came out to interfere and in something of a foreshadowed moment, uh, turned on the baby faces allowing Logan and Justy to win. So he has joined their stable. Uh, Good to see Sammy D back, because his little single thing with the Tom Jones music was kind of floundering. Yeah. (laughs) That was, yeah, that was, that was death. And also he hasn't been seen since that happened. So Uh, I I was, I was popping for the reunion of the gymnasties. So they did catch me by surprise with the heel turn. I was like, oh no. I, I. You bastard, you. When I saw him, I it did immediately think that was happening, but I also was excited for them to do the, the finger touch. Um, so yeah, look, people, this is this is great. I love that they're doing like a real angle with the Irish lads, and and it's getting over. I think everyone, I've been so pleasantly surprised with Angel Cruz and and uh, and lo, and lo, and uh, be cool be as cool. a team. I, I have to be honest. When they broke up the gymnasties, I didn't predict that be cool would kind of come out of his shell so well and. He really has. He really, uh, really showed me up. He's great, and Angel Cruz is just strength, strength every show. He's always better. Yeah, no, he needs to start showing up elsewhere because he's he's really great. Um, so so yeah, so that that feud will continue now with Sammy D on the on the heel side. Good old fashioned pro wrestling silliness where Sammy D Justy turned on him just like less than a year ago, and now he's back with Justy. So ah, what are you gonna do? But um, although uh, there's a pretty easy story you can tell where he wasn't exactly having a great career 
uh, after after the uh, the just the, the gym nasty split. So uh, so you can go in that direction. But anyway, yeah, that was really fun. That was the end of the first half. They also announced the uh, the Dublin uh, wing of the uh, October Weekender, which will have uh, Martina back in action. Uh, very curiously left off the card as you said possibly due to music but i also don't know that there was another that they had they didn't have any women in town i guess to wrestler uh but martina will face veda scott of women of honor and and various other places uh they'll be having a match for the women's title next month uh, mark haskins will be defending the the men's championship against ach mm-hmm. which should be a great match ach is fantastic and in a match i absolutely cannot wait to see Matt Riddle versus Speedball Mike Bailey uh, in the in the Tivoli next month. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, Butch, the ring announcer, was saying, I hope everyone has their tickets, at which point we all yelled at him and said they're not on sale yet. Um, <laughs> Monday. They're on sale tomorrow, right? Yeah, but they actually haven't said. I don't know if they have said. Um, on, on Eventbrite, it says that they're on sale tomorrow. So I'm going to take Oh, Oh, fair enough. Just um, a little, yeah. little hint for you there, Barry. I'll need to be on there because I do want to go to that one. The Belfast uh, ones are already up there. They didn't announce any matches, but the same the same talent will be there. So I'd imagine they'll have some great matches coming up. Um, so yeah, that show looks good. And then after uh, uh, intermission, we had what I thought was the match of the night, which was uh, Jordan Devlin versus the debuting David Starr. Uh, Starr is a... Uh, WXW regular. Uh, pretty sure he's been in CZW, a couple of other places here or there. Um, uh, he was another. He's another. He's a classic example of someone who came out, got like kind of a polite reaction, but not like a huge reaction, and then just had this blow away match. And I think I think next time he comes, he may actually be like something of a ticket mover, uh, based on the the reception to this match. Um, based on the they had as well, yeah. Yeah, they they had one of the best OTT matches of the year. Uh, Star was great, but I thought this was like one of Devlin's best, like singular performances all year. Um, this was goddamn incredible. Um, uh, really, really great. Just tons of great near falls. Um, uh, lots of great like mat wrestling early. That's something that they both really excel at. Um, uh, they were they were like really laying it into each other. They were they they're not two guys I would expect to have. A, like a really stiff elbow exchange, but they were they were really knocking into each other. Star's lip was busted open, um, uh, and yeah, they, they they really went at each other. And um, Star went for a package pile driver, which is Devlin's move. Devlin floated over and hit him with a a package pile driver of his own for the win. Um, and after the match, they 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 got in each other's faces. Everyone chanted "kiss," and they kissed. So so wrestling is good. <laughs> There's a few um few shows now have been have been at where the fans are not baying for blood as they would be at a lot of wrestling shows, but are baying for some gayness. Yeah, this is this is some man on man action. We had Sammy Callahan and Mark Haskins having a big old kiss. Yeah. Um and now we had this and I'm sure there'll be more. because um, people like cause wrestlers like doing that noggin to noggin face off after the match so i hope no homophobes come to ott anytime soon and try and do one of those spots because they'll be getting a kiss chant and most of the locals will be happy to oblige might well so, uh, what did you think of this match oh i mean it was far and away the best match in the show um and you can consider me as part of the uh the, 
Jordan Devlin bandwagon now. Because I initially I wasn't convinced. I kind of um, up until you know he was obviously in the UK tournament, the WWE one. Uh, I I consider Jordan Devlin as as a quite good um, like Ryan Smile level wrestler, where you know really good, but not someone that I would go out of my way to see necessarily. Uh, whereas I would say this between this match and um, the Moose match from two or three months ago there's like two shows at least maybe i'm forgetting more i didn't didn't see more of them but two shows at least where he's had the best match of the show um so i'm i'm, I'm on the bandwagon now i think he's uh he's really come into his own now the last few months um and it's such a shame because i don't think people like devlin logan and justy kings of the north um, Angel Cruisers. I don't think they get enough credit. I I think Devlin's face should be on the poster for a show. Kings of North should be all over posters for shows. You know. Yep. Um. Yeah. I mean, more so than like God bless him, tremendous pro wrestler, but like more so than El Ligero. I was just gonna say El Ligero as the example. I mean, like Will Osprey, fine. Martina, fine. I mean, Martina's a homegrown act, so that's fine, but. Love El Ligero, but like I, I, you should be sticking Jordan Devlin on that poster. Yeah, I mean maybe we're split, maybe we're splitting hairs, and what difference does it really make? But I think it's a symbolic thing. Um, like was because uh, you also had the little cards. Was Jordan on the poster at all? No. There you go. But uh, and he is. I mean, he is having a fantastic year. I've I've compared it uh, to some people to kind of like remember when Mark Haskins had those really shitty TNA matches like five years ago. Just, just did, about, yeah. Where he did the shooting star press, but he landed on the ropes. On the ape, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, not on the top I rope. Mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I compare it to that, where it's like it's unfortunate that Devlin did have those kind of underwhelming WWE matches because now he kind of has the hump to overcome. And listen, I was one of the people who I it took me years to get back into this idea of Haskins as this like indie super worker, which I, I mean, obviously now I think he's great. He's had some tremendous matches um, this year, but I think I think it's very similar to that. I think. No, no doubt it has hurt Devlin's perception a little bit, but he has worked his whole off this year to just have tremendous matches pretty much everywhere since. And I think if people were to uh, to check out uh, any of the, the prominent places he's worked, I mean, he had a great match in ICW with Trent Seven. He had a great match with Travis Banks and Progress. And he has just been knocking it out of the park left, right, and center in OTT uh, uh, this year. So, um, and, yeah, and the Moose match you mentioned, I mean, that match was just completely out of nowhere. Incredible. Um, so, yeah, and I, I, I look forward to seeing Star again. He's a he's a really great wrestler. I've seen him a couple, I've seen him wrestle a couple of matches, and, and, like, he has a real eclectic style. He can do comedy. In fact, I've seen him do a lot of comedy, and he is very funny. But I, and, and, like, he has, like, some sort of, like, like dick-based offense that he does on occasion. I like that, like, even though he can do that, this was just a, this was a dead serious knocking the hell out of each other um, uh, semi-main event. They, there was a spot in there where they were taking turns lariating each other, and oh, that was brutal. They were just really, they were killing each other. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that's a recommended watch. That's a, that's a grab a month of OTT on demand and, and, and check that out uh, uh, recommendation. So um, what else we got here? And then that was onto the main event, wasn't it? Yeah, then there was only two match. Yeah, so it was only seven altogether, two after intermission. So they yeah, and two and two after intermission is is the perfect length, I think. Um, 
So let me see here. We had this is the cereal bowl match, which was basically a gauntlet kind of uh, staggered entrances. Um, five guys uh, they they come in every two minutes. Elimination rules. Last person standing wins. Uh, it was Will Osprey, Curtis Murray, who is a local uh, uh, a Belfast indie wrestler. I think he's like eighteen. I think. Uh, he may actually even be 17. I don't know. A lot A lot of those OTT contenders are very young. Uh, uh, Flip Gordon from Ring of Honor, El Ligero, and a mystery fifth man, which we'll get to in a moment. Um, first thing, I guess, to, to talk about would be uh, uh, Curtis Murray uh, injuring himself, unfortunately, in this match. Um, so he came in uh, House of Fire. He was number three in the match, I believe, or number... Yeah, number three. Uh, he came in and he was running wild and like the first spot he did, he did kind of like what Phoenix does where he jumps on the ropes, like does the splits, lands on the second rope, goes back on the top rope and does a, a big flying DDT. Uh, I think he might have hurt his foot on that spot because it he'd kind of it kind of messed up and Flip Gordon, who he was doing the move to, he, he kind of saved it and it looked really cool. He did end up, he got the move off, but he stood up and he was holding his foot like... Like he like he knocked out of place or something. He was selling the foot at least. He was selling the foot, but but like in, in a time where it wouldn't really have made sense. Like he, no one attacked his foot, right? And then sure. he went to he went to do a flip dive out of the ring, and he was like pounding on his foot, like to get the crowd into it, like the way you typically pound on the mat. Mm. So and it was like he was trying to knock it back into place. So I I don't know. This is just this is a complete guess based on just sitting ringside, but I think. That very first spot, I mean, you talk about the worst luck a guy can have. Like, I don't know if he just hit the rope funny or something, but it looked like something gave out in his foot on that first spot, but I don't know. Yeah, to uh, me, it just seemed like, you know, when a spot goes wrong, that you, maybe he was selling the foot. At, like, in the, in, this, in the logic of the match of, of that's why that happened, because, oh, my foot, but, like, that, that he wasn't really hurt. Because um, I haven't heard anything since about the foot injury. I've obviously tweeted about that he took a nasty knock to the head, but nothing, nothing mentioned about the foot. So, yeah. So he, so he, so there was, so there was an update today that he he hurt his head, but his his foot seemed fine. So again, you might be right. Actually, maybe he was just that was just some good instincts of oh, and, and I, you're I just, you're just a mark, various ways. I, I'm just a jabroni market and worked into a shoot. Um, <laughs> but but the the second the spe, the second spot was he did a dive kind of like uh, Grand Metalik does, where he runs to the ropes. And leaps off the second rope and does a flip dive out of the ring. Um, and this is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in OT ring. The thud. So he basically did this flip dive and he hit his head on the apron on the way down. Uh, the thud off of this was like one of the most like concerning things I've, I've ever, ever heard. So he does this dive onto, I think, all three... All five guys, actually, uh, the, the fifth man had been in at this stage. So so they did a big dive on everyone. And you just kind of... Everyone gasped at the, the knock of the head. And then all the wrestlers stayed down. Like, it wasn't like anyone popped up selling or Curtis didn't pop up, you know, celebrating. or They just stayed down and you kind of saw people scurrying over to see if they were okay. And, like, you have never... You have never heard the Tivoli this quiet... Uh, midway through a main event um it was it was the worst eeriest atmosphere ever um it was really really quite unpleasant it reminded me of i don't know if you've seen this paul but there was a spot 
in a PWG match a few years ago where uh, people thought like Brian Cage had been like paralyzed. Have you seen this where he took he was like power bombed outside the ring? No, I can't say I've seen this now. So, so this was only this was only this wasn't that long ago. This is about two years ago. It was with uh, Tommaso Ciampa. I'd say this was just before he got signed. But he power bombed him outside, and Cage just couldn't get up. He wasn't moving. And it's, again, because you're so used to PWG being so rowdy, like the footage is. It's like chilling. Like you can tell everyone in the building thinks he's serious. But he, he got up like 30 seconds later. It looked like it was just like a very brief stinger. But it, it reminded me of this because just the the momentum of everything just came to a screeching halt. Um, Curtis, he did eventually get back up. He rolled back in the ring. But there was like the back of his head was cut open. Uh, there was a lot of blood. Uh, and so I think... I, like he just took one move and got pinned, was it? He just took a move from Flip Gordon and got pinned. He didn't even take a move. He was just pinned. Oh, didn't he? Okay, I, I, no, I, I get, um, my memory's not. But I'm, I'm finding out how bad my memory is, regardless of drinking this evening. Because yeah, this I'm, was the thing because over over where we were sitting, we could see on the floor where he had landed. Obviously, I, I assume your view would have been blocked by the ring. Yeah. Um, so here's my interpretation of what I saw: was he he is in the ring. I remember. There are spots where I don't really remember what happened, but he's in the ring, and he runs and does a a flip, a forward somersault to the outside, like a somersault plancha, and he lands on the group, and obviously his momentum, if you can picture him as he's doing a forward flip, that his 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 feet are coming towards the floor and his head is moving away, like moving upwards, so he's coming into almost like a, a standing position if he if he kept going, he lands on the group of people. And obviously, because his momentum is carrying him one way, his feet now land on the group. And it's almost like him landing on so many people, they grabbed onto him and kind of his momentum switched and they kind of pulled him downwards. Well, not that they pulled him down, but they they, they obviously were catching him and, and then they all dropped. So rather than continuing, like if he was only doing this move on one person, let's say, his momentum would have continued going whatever clockwise, if you want to say, and he would have landed almost on his feet. Because there's so little room, number one, and because there were so many people there that he just landed on the group of them horizontally, and as they dropped, he dropped still horizontal and was essentially not to. And I'm don't misunderstand this. I'm not putting the blame on anybody. That was just a hard accident. No, but he was essentially power bombed head first onto the apron, um, and you could see immediately, like two seconds after it had happened, I I turned to my brother saying. He's busted bad. Because you could see his hand on the back of his head and just a pool of blood already, like two seconds after it had happened. Um, and he was, he, he eventually was the first up. He rolled into the ring. Um, people were running down from the, the aisle, let's say, to check on him. And he was pinned by Flip Gordon and kicked out the first time. And then he was pinned again. And was three, and he was rushed to the back. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like you say, I've never heard, like, the air was just sucked out of the place. Because everybody was just, forget about the match, everybody's just concerned about about Curtis. And, um, it. I mean, I think everybody else in the match, given, given the circumstances, did great to carry on and have a, a fun match. But I can speak for myself where I... The match kind of, I don't really remember any of it because I was not really focused on the match. We're all, we, all of us in our area were just concerned about 
how's Curtis Murray's y'all right and kind of keeping an ear out for anyone mentioning anything about him that like, yeah it was it was hard to concentrate on the match after that happened you know yeah I I really don't have much recollection of the rest of the match I like I I can kind of recall I know like they they really tried to to get people back into and by the end they they kind of did but and like it, it just didn't feel and it, and like it didn't feel like the typical kind of Osprey main event in OTT where everyone's going ballistic. I think everyone was in the same boat. And again, this is like nobody's fault. This isn't this isn't a quote unquote criticism of the show. I mean, this is nobody's fault. It was like a the the spot was just an accident. It's not the wrestlers' fault or the promotion's absolutely fault that we not. were all absolutely that we were all out of it. And they to be to, the, to be fair, they got him to the back as quickly as they could. He tweeted. I mean, I'll, I'll watch this back on BOD, and he tweeted saying that he's fine. It's back in the head like i'm sure it was just a cut uh, and he's fine and uh, maybe you know we'll watch the match back and it'll be better on vod but in the moment it was like we, i I'm, I'm exactly the same as you i just i couldn't really get into it so uh so Os- well, it wasn't won. even that was just a cut necessarily but the the force of the blow to the back of the head on the ring apron you have to assume that there was maybe concussion or something as well that they made the right yeah. decision to pull him out because i now i think about it ott is now as far as i've seen not been a promotion that that has blood in it typically um, no. Now we had David Starr was bleeding from the mouth in the Devlin match as well. Um, but like Curtis Murray was covered in blood, mm. like hit the back of his head. Um, and there was a blood stain in the mat, and the apron on our side covered in blood. Not not from one side of the ring to the other, but where he was, big blood stains on the apron. Um. And as soon as the match ended, they had people taken away the that their apron on that side. So when people were passing by, that they, would, they wouldn't be getting blood everywhere. Um, just very, very unfortunate. And unfortunate specifically, specifically for him because it was his first kind of big main event match, you know? Um, yeah. And I had been, I had before them, because Connor, my brother, never seen Curtis Murray. I had only seen the, obviously, the. Curtis Murray Devlin match from the Belfast show, um, the one that McIntyre main evented. Oh yeah, and that they, they they had a hell of a match there. So I was kind of excited to see Curtis Murray again, and uh, very very unfortunate that like my two memories of Curtis Murray in the match is the the um, the move that didn't go very well, and then the injury because I know that he's super super good. Um, a damn shame. But like like we're saying, nobody to blame. Just what can you do? They did their best, and I mean, the match was was pretty fun. But yeah, it was. I mean, I'm sure you know. Like I said, in, uh, watching it back, it'll probably be even even be considered a, a really good match. But Osprey won. Um, what oh, I w- oh, so what I would say is well, the, go on. Sorry, is just the one thing that the kind of the injury almost had me forgetting is. Another thing that took the air out of the place was when when Justin Shape was the mystery fifth entrant. Yeah, that was what I was going to get to as well because I wanted I wanted to get to the 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 business of Curtis and saying you know he got hurt and everyone did a good job taking care of him and it was no one's fault and that was right. Uh, listen, just, so they they advertised this match as four dudes and a surprise, and the surprise ended up being Justy, who not only is like you know a, a local who we see everywhere else but he was already on the show previously and listen you won't find another podcast on the whole damn internet that puts over justy as much as we do 
because we love us we love us some justy he was great on this show and i actually did enjoy some of the stuff he did in this match as well but i am at something of a loss as to why this decision came about lots of speculation that something went wrong as you know as does happen in wrestling where someone didn't show up or someone was expected to come in or someone got hurt or someone had real life commitments or whatever it was and they look and you know maybe their plan was for it to be here. I saw some people speculating that it was going to be Ryan Smile, you know, have a heel, like, like, you know, have a heel come in as the surprise because OTT so often does the baby face surprise thing. And maybe he had a flight issue or something. And so they went with Justy. I don't know. I can't. I've heard literally nothing. That's all just I mean, work. they had, I don't want to cast aspersions that people were, were injured or not injured because obviously we don't know. But you had um, Martina obviously in the building, Scotty Davis and Connor Andrews in the building. Like you can imagine the the pop of like because people were so so um, happy to see Curtis Murray get an opportunity. You can imagine the fifth the fifth surprise is Scotty Davis. Yep, I wouldn't yep. Have, I wouldn't have been unhappy with that. You know, uh, but Absolutely. he he was he was working the smoke machine. So uh, I don't know. And and Martina was selling shirts. Um, and which was and uh, let's not forget as well. Um, Joe Cabray was working the door. <laughs> checking. Oh our, yeah, I forgot. Checking yeah, our tickets on the way in. Checking our tickets. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. And and again, I mean, as you said, we don't know who's hurt. Maybe like all of those people are hurt or were unavailable. You know, I I don't know that that's the case, but let's just assume it was. The, but, thing, uh, the thing with Justy as well is not only did Justy have a match earlier, but it, like a big angle where there was a, a heel turn with with um, Sammy D, like it it for, for it didn't make sense really for him to come out again and none of what happened earlier to play any part in it. Yeah, like where it's, was it's, 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 I don't know. Yeah, it was it was very odd, and it's you know again, it's not like we don't like Justy, but it was like just completely kind of bizarre decision and i'm sure i mean maybe look hey maybe this was maybe nothing did go wrong and maybe this was their plan all along and they just thought it would be great heat um let me tell you it really it was a lot of groaning it was a lot of groaning it was not it was not boo this man because if it was smile can you imagine the heat if it was ryan smile coming out you know i understand that ryan smile is from the uk and you know probably he wasn't schedule at all but the fact that you have people there who it could have been and you you're ostensibly training these people not not that ott are responsible for the training necessarily but you have people like scotty davis connor andrews who would benefit from the exposure and the experience and it's justy again yeah yeah I, i must say our reaction as we were craning our necks around to look at the video screen were uh (laughs) <laughs> that was the noise yeah. a lot of people were making around our area. Um, yeah. And if, the funny thing was, I actually said this like outside as I was chatting before departing for the bus. It was like, if they, like, I mean, they're very behind Justy at the moment. If they stuck with it and they built him up and they did a Justy Osprey match on a, on a Tivoli show down the line, I'd actually be fine with that. I think that would probably actually be really fun. But it was more, it was less so, oh, I don't like Justy. Oh, I don't want him in the main event. It was more just as the surprise. It was like, what? You know, that was, it was, it was very odd. But uh, they did, he, they did have a fun final stretch with him and Osprey um, before Osprey won. Well, even early on, you had, did. you had Justy doing the like four person chin lock and, Stuff like that. It was, yeah, it was fun. 
Yeah, it was fun. I mean, it's not like it's not like he went out there and had a bad performance or anything. I mean, that's you know obviously not. But anyway, uh, Osprey won. He got a promo after the fact. He, he said some nice words about Curtis Murray and all this other stuff. Uh, and he, uh, 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 as as some people did expect, he he cut a promo on Ryan Smile and uh, the direction he's taken lately. And I would uh, my my guess would be that would be the December match for. Osprey, which I like. I think that's a fun match on paper. Well, what I th- I figure is they're going to do it in Belfast. Oh, really? Curtis Curtis Murray, uh, Curtis Murray against Osprey, you're saying? No, no, sorry, Smile. Uh, he, oh, he, sorry, he I, I, I was talking about... Sorry, I, I was paying attention to something else while you were talking. Uh, no, I, no, no, that's fine. No, I figure for... Because Osprey mentioned afterwards that he he's up for a one-on-one match with Curtis Murray, and I figured they're going to have to do that one in Belfast, surely. Um... Yeah, I think I think that was that was the two big takeaways. Is he said he'd have a one-on-one match with um, with uh, uh, Curtis, and he said he wanted to talk to Smile. So I, I agree with you that they will definitely do that in in Belfast at some stage. Uh, Smile, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Um. So uh, so yeah. So that was uh, OTT. It was a fun show overall. Um, it was. It was. Uh, aside from the injury, it was a really fun three hours that flew by and if the tickets like I, I don't regret at all going it was a really fun show really enjoyed hell of a match the Jordan Devon match as well mm. by far got my money's worth cannot complain yeah so uh, are you are you on board for next month or are you yes. wait to see if they do anything else no I'm on board Matt oh, Riddle against uh, Speedball yes please Ooh, baby yes please right into my veins um, we also got our being the elite tickets. Um, oh, very nice for December. Yeah. So we have assigned floor seating for that. Lovely. That seems to be selling very well indeed. Yeah. Um, so uh, have you got tickets for that already, or no? Uh, yeah, I've got. I've got tickets for that. And what? What? what how much money did you spend? If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> Give me the figure. Uh, thirty. Was it thirty-five? I mean, I'm in the same section I was in. Uh, at WrestleRama, which is... In fact, you might have seen me on the VOD. I'm by the stage. Yeah, so what what category is that, then? Uh, GA Floor. Okay. Which Perfect. is 35. Yeah, yeah. I think ours were 30. So, aside from seeing... Yeah. Pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty reasonable. There's been a bit over, you know, there's been a bit of a kerfuffle about the OTT prices in recent months. Um, they, I mean, look, they are definitely going up. There's no, there's no disputing that. But I don't know for the for the car, for the yeah. names they have for December. I and and I mean those seats for Rama. I mean they are fucking incredible seats for thirty five quid. Like I can't, I couldn't believe how close we were to everything. So, yeah. so, so, um, so there's that. And so yeah, we will uh, we'll we'll have October and December and presumably November, uh, unless they announce something dreadful. Um so uh so that's coming up. God, we've talked for a long time about OTT. Um <laughs> uh what else do we got here? Do you wanna do you wanna stick on the wrestling news or do you wanna do some guffs? Uh we can finish up wrestling while we're here, I guess. Um I did watch SmackDown, but couldn't tell you a single thing that happened on it. Um Ric Flair's alive. Ric Flair is alive. Ric Flair has not died. He put a video out. Flogging his shop. <laughs> saying, Woo, I did yet. To beat the man. You gotta beat the man. Woo! Uh, looking like the fucking guy from Tales of the Crypt Keeper. Um, yeah, he, he, he didn't look great, but again, he did have a near death experience, so. <laughs> looking like death. 
uh, old Ric Flair. Um, but happy he's alive, I must say. Go yeah, on, no, that's, that's great. Um, JBL, on the other hand, is dead. He don't play WWE anymore. Um, no. He's off to, uh, in the vein of El Generico, he's off to help orphans in Bermuda. Um, yeah. So goodbye to him, Maggle. Can't say I'll miss him too much on commentary. No. Although, as a SmackDown watcher, that leaves us with Todd Phillips, uh, or Tom Phillips, excuse me. Or is it? No. It is Tom Phillips. Tom. T-O-M. Yeah. Tom, Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon. Who are like the two most like personality-free people in the world. Tom Phillips is all right. Byron Saxton is... I mean, you could have a plank of wood do commentary, and it would be as charismatic. Yeah, no, they they are very they're very dry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's you know amicable departure, focusing on my philanthropy. I'm a lovely man. Yeah. Good riddance. Yeah, fucking me is bad. Um. So uh, yeah, so he won't be missed. Uh, what else is in the news? Um, the last thing I have here is that TNA slash GFW, as they're called now, Global Force Wrestling. Uh, put on their YouTube channel this week that they are going to address on Thursday's Impact, or whatever day Impact is on these days. I honestly have no idea. Uh, They're going to address the Sexy Star incident, including footage of the incident and backstage footage. Most disgusting promotional tactic 2017, you say? The thing about AAA and GFW both is, and just the Jarrett's, so, I mean, I'm firmly of the belief, enough people have said at this point, that this was definitely, definitely a shoot. It was not a work to begin with, but you had to know, based on the parties involved, that they would turn it into one when they saw the... Because GFW are so starved for buzz that you had to know they would do this. I I mean, look, I don't watch GFW anymore. I don't have the time or the energy for it, but ugh. Ugh. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, but uh, just ridiculous. Um so yeah, there's that. Uh, what else we got? Pretty uh, strong style. One king of trios. Oh, they did. Yeah, so that was this weekend. Heard great, heard great, great things about that show. So fair play to them. Um, and I think I think that's it. Really, not a whole lot of, of other news we're talking about this week. Well, no, no. um, uh, well, uh, Dana Brooks, uh, significant other, passed away. Was that uh, more, than, was, more than a week ago? The the bodybuilder. Uh, um, yeah. Whatever his name was, Dallas. Uh, Dallas Tarver, yeah, yeah. The brother, so that's of, that... the brother of Michael Tarver, of course. Oh God, Rest poor Tarver peace. clan. Uh, uh, yeah. So, um, uh, before I suppose, yeah, we'll we'll stick to the wrestling before we do the golf. I I don't know that I've seen any other telly worth talking about. Um, we can maybe we I have watched some of the May Young Classic, but because we're going long year and we haven't done much non wrestling stuff, we might save that till Joe's back. We'll do a deep dive sure. uh, on the whole first round because I've only seen. I haven't two, watched so. any of it. Okay, no, that's great. Yeah, we will, we'll, 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 we'll get. They've, they've put four out. I've watched two. Okay. Uh, they're very easy to watch, so we'll, we'll come back to that next week. Um, okay. Uh, and was, was there anything else from wrestling TV you wanted to cover? No. Nothing. Okay, so so uh, what about movie golf? Ooh, movies. Well, I watched two movies this week. Did you watch any yourself? Uh, no, no movies. No for movies me. for Barry. Uh, two 2017 releases, so newer movies, I guess. The first one 
is called A Silent Voice, and it's uh, a Japanese animation movie, um, which eh, I, I, I really enjoyed um, Your Name, which came out last year, which is another another anime movie, I guess you could say, which was, I think, my second favorite movie of last year. Uh, unfortunately, A Silent Voice is not near as good. It um, tells the story of these group of high school friends who one of them is is this kind of outsider and actually even the way that he's kind of an outcast is is shown visually in the movie where when he he can't look people in the eye their faces are obscured like visibly very clever way of doing it um uh but yeah at the start of the movie i kind of didn't care for any of the characters a lot of the characters even the ones they were supposed to feel very sympathetic towards like kind of annoyed by um but as as it went on kind of the stronger it got to yeah to quite again a satisfying emotional climax um a little long i'd say as well uh so it wouldn't be wouldn't be one that i would necessarily uh, recommend to people who aren't already fans of you know the style there are some movies like spirited away um your name which i definitely i would recommend to anyone regardless of whether you like animated movies anime live action black and white movies whatever sometimes a movie is just a great story regardless of what medium it's told in. And Your Name is definitely that. A Silent Voice, pretty good movie. I, I would stop short of, of great. Um, give it about a 7 out of 10, something like that. Um, I guess I'm kind of a little bit... I, I think Your Name is, is a far better idea, done better. And even there was a TV series I watched last year called Orange, which is a very similar plot a very similar idea to a silent voice but done um done much more in a more interesting way i guess the gimmick of a silent voice which i haven't touched on yet is that one of the main characters is deaf and so does only talks in in sign language hence the name a silent voice um but even that doesn't really play into the the actual plot much so a a good movie but not one that I i would advise non-fans go out of their way to see on the other hand and i don't remember if you've seen this barry or if john's seen it but i watched today john wick chapter two i have seen this yeah i have seen it um so i saw john wick one in the cinema and as much as there are parts of it that i like obviously we we talk all the time about that fucking nobody is (laughs) the papayaka um uh and as well as it 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 was as a kind of building a a world you know with the continental hotel and the the rules of the hotel were established and and all that um i wasn't mad on john wick and i thought particularly the last act was kind of weak yeah um Looking back on it, I feel like I maybe have I maybe underrated it a little bit, but but what what I just said, I still I still consider it to be th- uh, true. I thought John Wick Chapter Two was a huge step up in terms of quality from the first one. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot more than the first movie. Uh, now, of- what did you what did you make of the last act, in particular the last like ten minutes? Because I thought this would be a typical. Paul Griffin, I hated the last ten minutes thing. Um, no, I, I I enjoyed all the movie, including the last ten minutes. I see. 
Mm, no, um... I didn't. I I didn't quite know how to make what to make of the the kind of weird moment towards with the crowd at the end of the last where, where he where um, Ian McShane character nods and everybody turns and looks. Turns, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I actually quite enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. very clever. Um, it's very. It, it is very weird because they really do double down on the world because I haven't watched it since I saw it in the theatre but I'm now remembering they also had like uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character is like yeah. a weird hobo king yeah you know I don't know I don't know what it was about this one because it didn't have those moments like I listed off that the first one has but I felt like overall it was a better looking movie better performed um, Keanu Reeves I don't think was as bad as he tends to be I really enjoyed L- Lawrence Fishburne's character you just mentioned. I thought, um, I don't know the name of the actor, the Italian character who's the villain. I thought he was really well developed and really well performed. And I just generally thought it was kind of it ramped the tension up to a level that the the previous one didn't really have. And I liked the idea that they kind of expanded the universe of the Continental to like there was a a Continental Hotel in Italy, the con the Italian branch of the Continental. Yeah, and um. And the rules that kind of the different hotels have and, and the implications of breaking those rules and so super, super clever. I really enjoy the world, I must say, that John Wick kind of has established. Um Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I I, I it, it's two hours five or whatever, so it's not super long, but I felt like this one just kind of flew by. Um, which is definitely a sign that you're, you know, enjoying a movie. And um, uh still still lots of incredible action. Still um, lots of incredible action, but Again, all feels warranted. Like, I don't want to harken back to you and I and our, our never-ending debate about the, the sequel of The Raid. But, like, all of the, the action scenes felt, like, earned. Like, it really was kind of John Wick versus the world as opposed to the first one where it's kind of very much a revenge story. This one is more that John Wick is, is being hunted to an extent. and uh, And it seems like that they're setting up the third one that's going to be even more so that um so i'm very much looking forward to it um so this movie's jumped up to number number four in my favorite movies of the year so it's my fourth favorite i give it a nine out of ten. Ooh, damn a dang hash score um enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i was gonna i must say because the first one as, yeah. as i said seven out of ten was pretty good um but yeah this one i really really enjoyed and yeah, I, I was I was very intrigued to see what you thought of this because I loved it, yeah. but I thought there was, like you you mentioned, I thought there was an air of the raid two about it where the mm. first one is so extremely focused and it's just doing it's so basic it's a revenge story bing bang boom this one is all right that all those little threads of lore we had. It's gonna start tugging on him, baby. And I thought all that stuff was yeah. great, but I was like, I thought, mm, I don't know if this is if Paul's gonna be into this to the level I am. But well, I'm I guess, pleasantly I guess surprised. With the first movie, although it's so kind of condensed, and I know the majority of the first movie takes place in the Continental Hotel. Um, I don't know. I just felt like the last half an hour, maybe last forty-five minutes of the first John Wick, especially the like the climactic fight, were just kind of flat. Um, the, that that last one really is a, a bit of a disappointment. And yeah. th- this this movie, I didn't feel like had that. I felt like it was kind of constantly ramping up, ramping up, ramping up in a very satisfying way. Yeah, um, I loved the um. There's a there's a like it's actually like 
I think it's going for like a comedic scene with common with the silenced pistols. Where they yeah, where they're walking along, one of them is like on a I think common is on a yeah. level above and there's click 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 and nobody yeah. is even aware that it's happening. It's great. There's some yeah, there's some great stuff. The uh, a scene in a in a house of mirrors and all this other stuff. Like they well, just do they just That was very enter the dragon in fairness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 do all kinds of stuff in it. I I really I really appreciate. It. I I want to rewatch that actually. I know it's out on Blu-ray and stuff. Well, I want I want to check. I it have again. it on Blu-ray. That's where we watched it. So, it looks great. Great looking movie as well. Although I'm kind of a, a mark for all of that um, neon Neo Tokyo look. Oh, you, oh yeah. That's I'm. Whenever I'm a movie has that, I'm like fucking great looking movie. <laughs> you know. Um, well, yeah, I really, really liked it. So, high recommendation for me for John Wick Chapter 2. Even if, if anybody's listening and they weren't super hot in the first one, I think you'll enjoy this one. Super hot. Anyway. <laughs> uh, super hot came out on PS4, and I still haven't played it yet. I've, I've, oh, what am I doing? i got to get my priorities in order. Um, well, speaking of games, uh, what have you been playing? Oh, video games. I've been playing a little bit of Splatoon 2. Um, did you play the first one on Wii, on Wii U? No. Okay, so neither did I. I. I didn't play the first one. This is my first exposure to it. I really, really like it. Uh, for those of you not familiar, it's like a third-person online shooter where the gimmick is that you're like shooting. It's kid-friendly, obviously. It's Nintendo. Uh, you're shooting at paint guns, and it's basically about covering as much of the map as possible. I, I don't even think you get anything for killing, quote-unquote, killing your opponents uh, other than you just send them back to like the respawn point. It is entirely decided on who can cover the map more uh, in paint. Really basic concept. There's not a whole lot of modes. There's like a single-player story, which is uh, brief, but I've, I've toyed with it. It seems pretty fun. And uh, there, there aren't like, uh, you know, there's no capture the flag. There's no free-for-all deathmatch. It is literally just... Uh, ranked and unranked matches of the of the cover the um, cover the map stuff. It's really great. It has a great soundtrack, a great sense of style. Uh, there's a real emphasis on kind of um, uh, dressing up your character and stuff like that. Um, lots of fun little characters scattered through the hub world. Um, yeah, it's it's really really cool. Uh, there was a bit of a hump to get over because uh, for the first four levels. Um, like you level your character up for the first four levels, you can't uh, buy any other guns. You have like a basic, for lack of a better term, assault rifle, like a really generic starter gun. And it's it's really, really basic. And it made the first few hours kind of a slog because it's like, okay, I'm losing. I expect to lose my first few hours in a multiplayer shooter. But but like it, like you're, I'm being matched I'm being matched to in the online matchmaking with people who are on level twenty and stuff. And it's not just that they're better than me; they have like all the fancy stuff, and they're just like obliterating me. I'm not even having an especially good time. But kind of grit your teeth to get through that. And once you start unlocking new weapons, I mean, it's it is really really fun. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of I think that's going to be like my my solid my go to podcasting YouTube game. Uh, uh, for now, where I can catch up with my stuff and just uh, play a few rounds of that. Um, also, I was really impressed. This is a tremendous game to play on the go uh, because the matches are just three minutes long, uh, which is perfect. It's it's you can, I can get a couple of the games in on my break at work or on the bus uh, on the way to work, and it's it's really satisfying. Um, uh, yeah, and it's I've heard good things about how the Switch deals with weak internet connections. Uh, I've played using my phone as a Wi-Fi hotspot and not had a single qualm with it. Uh, so I was very happy with that. Um, so that's good. Um, the only other problem is uh, Nintendo's system of trying to play with your friends 
is the most maddening thing. <laughs> I, I, can I can't be arsed to get into it because we've had a, a kind of a long show, but oh my God. Like, it made me so thankful for, for um, PS4. And for the record, me and the lads I was trying to play with earlier this week, we were, we were not using that shitty app. We were like, forget that app. We'll just try and figure it out without that. And it's basically like you have, um, there's an option uh, on the menu that's like friends, like who's currently playing, who has a joinable game. And so we were like, all right, I'm going to join my friend's game. All of you, we were in a Discord chat. And I was like, all of you join his game as well. And so basically we have to, if he's already in a match, we have to watch a timer tick down. We can't even spectate the match. It's just you literally just look at a timer. It's like, here's how long is left in so-and-so's match. And then when he finishes his match, if if someone leaves his lobby, you and all your other friends get to join in. There's no creating a party like on PS4. There's none of that. It's such a nightmare. Um, but but whatever, you know, it's Nintendo. You, you, you win some, you lose some. You get a great game, but it's 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 online functionality sucks. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, other than that, uh, more Sonic Mania. And uh, that's it. Nothing else, I think, at the moment. So, um, uh, yeah. Well, I start- so, the Switch continues to be great for the uh, the OTT journey. Oh, good. Um, I started Horizon this week. Um, I'd say I'm only probably about an hour, hour and a half in. Like I haven't, I haven't played it too much. Um, so I'm at the point, and I don't wouldn't consider this a spoiler because I'm so early in, uh, where I've just beat the first Sawtooth as kind of your test or whatever it is. I don't think I'm even at the. Uh, the proving yet, but you go to this like empty town and there's you know you fight the sawtooth, kind of the first big boss battle. Um, enjoyed it so far, I must say. Um, one thing that I'm not super hot on, and I don't know whether this is just the first area or whether it's something that will continue earlier or later on, but I feel like the map showing you where everything is without you going to the area and exploring and finding out yourself is a little makes things a little too easy I feel and it doesn't really encourage exploration like I open yeah. up my map I barely even have explored anywhere open up the map and I see oh over here is a whatever it's called strider camp or whatever and over here is a um, f- uh, campfire and over here is a ruin it's like let me find these things myself you know and I understand that I don't need to look on the map all the time but I would. I kind of like it. I, I don't know because I. One thing I really want to don't want to do is compare it to Zelda all the time. Because, but, but mm. kind of inevitable. But one thing Zelda does is just has you sh- like you can see the map and see where you're going, but it doesn't tell you what's there. You have to go there and find it for yourself. And uh, I think Horizon, whether it's you know maybe on hard mode, it doesn't have that. I obviously don't know, but the fact that you open up the map and it it shows you already. Well, here's where this is. Here's where this is, and makes it a little too easy and, and almost discourages me from really exploring kind of incur- in fact encourages me to just blitz through the game a little bit more quickly where i'm like okay i i, I don't need um whatever a, a specific dinosaur parts are so i'm just not gonna go to the like there's one part of the map where you you're gonna more or less follow a canyon to a dead end and at the at that dead end is a, a specific herd of whatever I'm like, well, I don't really, I don't really need to go down that way now. As opposed to if I was walking around, I'm like, oh, what's down this path? And I can go on my own little adventure and say, oh, well, this is where these these things can be found. Okay, if I need something, I'll remember. I can put a marker on my map, maybe. Like, if you could put your own animal markers rather than the map have it by default, that would be something that would be super, you know, fun and super interesting. But 
Instead, it's the, it just tells you where everything is. <laughs> you know, it kind of takes away the whole exploration fun of the game. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I really like the crafting in it. I really like the combat in it. Um, and although it's early days, I am really enjoying it. Um, so right now where I am, an hour in, I'd be like, yeah, some 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. I kind of feel like it suffers a little bit. Number one, because I have played Zelda, and obviously I'm inevitably going to compare it to that. But number two as well, that I'm just coming off the back of Uncharted Lost Legacy. And I yeah. have these, like, in Horizon, you have these cutscenes that are super, super well made and well animated. But come, just coming off Uncharted, it's actually a step down. Yeah, because uh, it's, it's a similar style. Yeah. Similar style, but not as amazingly beautiful so if i was coming from zelda or or a game that is less nice looking you go to horizon you're like oh my god this game looks great <laughs> whereas coming from a chat is is maybe not not as good but yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying it um hopefully we'll get a few hours in this week again and um ideally have a finished within you know two months yeah. something like that it, it it picks up a bit after the um the proving yeah. um yeah, I like I like the story a lot in that game, but the, but that's not something that doesn't kick in until much later. Like like the um, you I mean you've probably already seen some kind of hints of the kind of sci-fi aspect of it. Um, it's a it's a really cool lore that they've kind of built up, and uh, what I like about it is is like this very fucking weird setting of like tribal kind of Native American inspired stuff with robot dinosaurs like they actually have an explanation for why it looks that way that's cool um so i'm, I'm looking forward to you un- unraveling that um yeah it's really and some of the some of the bigger uh dinosaur fights are just incredible uh, they really are mm. so that's good yeah um uh i suppose moving on from the games played any or uh, watched any tv shows this week um just the usual i mean i've watched uh the last week's Rick and Morty. There's, there's no Rick and Morty tonight, by the way. So don't be looking for one in the morning. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, watched loads of American Dad. Because uh, I was like seven episodes behind on that. So watch all of those. Watched uh, one episode of a show called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Which we watched. Stardust Crusaders. Which is uh, a really weird, fun anime. Uh, really violent episode, though. <laughs> um, that's really all I've been watching. Nothing out of the ordinary. I, I, I'm still not having time to watch Game of Thrones. Um, because I'm five episodes behind, like, I'm, you've passed me out now. Um, Have I? Yeah, I'm on season seven, episode three. So I've oh, only, wow, I've, yes. only, I've only watched the first two episodes. So, obviously, if you're going to talk about that, no spoilers. Um, I just can't, f- like, because there's five I'm behind on, it's very hard for me to have the motivation to just sit down and, and watch an episode, you know? Um but maybe in the week I'll get a chance to watch a few of them. I like I I know in my mind, if I just take an hour Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that I'd have to have finished by by the end of the week. But in the, in kind of the list of priority of things to do, it's not super high. Like I would prefer to play Horizon or whatever than than to watch Game of Thrones. So I don't know. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I I watched. Uh, I'm up to episode four. Um. Uh, of uh, Game of Thrones season seven, and man, so thus far in this season, there's been some wipeouts in this season. People getting wiped out in this mm. season, as the great Sam Jackson would say. Um, 
uh, one thing I, I've enjoyed in in the last uh, two uh, last two weeks of me and Kira catching up with Game of Thrones is uh, they're still they're still doing the old uh, setting the stunt guy on fire for the purpose of a battle scene where you want someone on fire. No CGI here. Just put a stunt guy in a big puffy suit and cover it in a Game of Thrones theme outfit and set him on fire. It all it still looks great to this day. Um, and I'll always admire that shows do that, especially because it's so freaking dangerous. But uh, yeah, really great. Lots of stuff happening. I mean, we are we are getting to the the business end, the Breaking Bad end of this of this TV show. You know, much like when you remember when Breaking Bad just hit season five, and then ten million things happened every episode. Yeah. Um, we're that's where we are now with this, and uh, it's crazy. So um, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, and also, just on uh, you mentioned Rick and Morty, I thought that new episode was like among the best they've done ever. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm loving this season. I'm loving this season. I really am. Um, so, so those shows continue to be really good. And um, after after putting it off literally since the very first episode debuted, I think me and Kira are going to start Narcos when we finish Game Ooh, of Thrones. Nice. Uh, uh, so I'm looking forward. I to that. have ordered uh, the Blu-ray set of the series Death Note, on which the shite American movie is based. So. Yeah, boy, lots of angry people about that. We're gonna start because I've never, I've never watched, I've never read the manga, <laughs> so um, we'll start watching that. We've also been joined in the room by Stitch the Rat. He is eating some corn as we speak. No, Natty is saying he might not live through the night. Eh, he's, oh. he's eating his corn. He seems eating very slowly, but he's he's he's. Well, this this episode of the podcast is dedicated to him. Um, and I guess before we close up, then I've I've one email uh, from Shane Brennan. His subject is: I need your clothes, your boots, and your three D glasses. He says, "Hi, Paul. Hope you're well. I'll be taking a trip to the cinema during the week to see Terminator Two, which was re-released recently. Just wondered if three D gimmickry shy aside, are there any classic films that spring to mind that you've always wanted to see on the big screen but never had the chance to? Hope you have a good weekend, Shane." Uh, well, some of my favorite movies, uh, 12 Angry Men, Enter the Dragon, obviously, I'd love to see those on a big screen, some of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I've been lucky enough to see Godfather 1 and 2 on the big screen already. Um, any ones you want to throw in there? I know they show Back to the Future quite regularly on big screens, never had a chance to see that. Yeah, I, uh, I'd like to see The Matrix. That's a good call as well. Um, and if the day ever comes, I feel like it's been rumored forever that Disney puts out a Blu-ray of the um, the original Star Wars films, the un the, the unremastered ones. ones. Yeah. I, if they if they did, uh, and actually, you know what? I think based on the success of the of ironically enough of the special editions in '97 when they hit cinemas, I actually wouldn't be surprised if they put if they did a short theatrical run of those, and I would absolutely go see them. I bet him a bit. Loads of people would. An even better um, call. Uh, I think. I think I actually have seen those versions of the film, though, because I my first experience watching Star Wars was on VHSs, and it was pre ninety seven. So mm. I'm I'm fairly sure my my first exposure to the. I mean, every single release of them has had some tweaks, but I've I've seen I've seen the versions before the CGI fucking elephant things walking in front of the fucking frame <laughs> and all that other stuff. Well, we're so, l- we're looking up here. We have on on DVD. The, the original theatrical releases of Star Wars 1, 2, and 3. Because um, they released uh, a series of DVDs of the remastered versions with as a bonus feature, like on a bonus disc, 
the original theatrical version. Um, and for whatever reason, that's the only way you could get them on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah. So uh, hopefully that day that day will come. I believe the um, and I think part of the controversy of uh, Lucasfilm all along saying, "Oh, we don't have this," is uh, the the version that's committed to the the Congress. What is that? The thing, the Congress that the, the thing that stores classic the library, uh, the library. Yeah, the, the, that the version. It's Star Wars is in that, and it is the original version is there. Mm. Um, so, but look, that's a whole that's a whole well worn topic. That I think we've even talked about it on this show before. Um, uh, yeah, so that's a good question, actually. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see The Matrix, Star Wars, and... Ooh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Another good one. Yeah. I'll go for... I'll go for Enter the Dragon, 12 Angry Men, and... Um, Debbie Does Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, deep Throat. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was, a, that was a good question. Um, Thank you and I you. think... That is going to wrap it up this week. Yeah. Um, uh, thanks everyone for uh, for listening. Uh, we'll be back with Joe next week. Uh, I'll, I'm going to try and get through uh, the May Young Classic. I'll, Paul, you do that as well. I'll tell Joe to do it as well. We'll try and have some thoughts at the very least on it next week. Uh, it's 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 interesting. There's some there's some stuff to talk about on those shows, um, and uh, uh, we'll be back with with uh, more news and, and all the other usual fun and games. So um, until then, it's going to be goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's going to be goodbye. Mr. Joe Towder, Tootle Pip, and it's going to be goodbye. Mr. Paul Griffin, goodbye. Yeah!